0: So we had, we have kind of like this, it's totally, there you go. Oh, it's going now. Oh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Everybody listening. Uh, yeah, man. So my name is Josh Edwards and I, can I just sit down? Can we just kind of talk? Do I got to stand? Are you okay. All right. Are y'all not wanting to wad up? I suppose not of COVID. Uh, man, so good to have y'all here. Uh, what's your name, bro? Sam Adams. Sam Adams. Okay, you have a, you're a founding father. Yep. <laughs> and a beer. A beer is named after you as well. They say cousin of John Adams, founder of some delivery. Is that right? Yeah, Sam Adams. Okay. No, are you related to them? I actually, a oh, kind of. Like that. That's cool. Not oh, directly. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. My dad is traced back to it. Wow. Fun. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, ma'am, what's your name? I'm Heather Noble. Heather From Noble. Iowa. From Iowa. What part of Iowa? The Des Moines suburb of Des Moines. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Good to meet you. What's your name? Stacy Lane. Stacy Lane. Where are you from, Iowa? No, I'm from Mississippi. Oh my gosh. girl, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. But do you <laughs> live here now? Yeah, I lived here since 2004, so it's not going nowhere. Okay. Great. <laughs> you are here. I like your hair. Oh, well, thank Ooh. you. It's fun. Cool. And then, what's your name? Sarah Green. Sarah Green. Where are you from? I'm like with her, so Iowa. Okay. That is cool. Sir? Matt Chambers. Matt Chambers, where are you from? Minnesota. What part of Minnesota? Rushford, right across the line. Rushford! I live here now, but yeah. So that's right. Okay, that's cool. And then? Cassie Chambers. Cassie. Cool. Yep, I'm from Stuartville, Minnesota. Stuartville. Right by Rochester. Oh, we know all about Stuartville, don't we? You oh. do? Well, she's from Rochester. I used to live in Stuartville. Uh, when yeah, when I was a kid, I lived yeah. in like Casson and Dodge Center and Stewartville, everywhere other than Rochester, pretty much. But yeah, moved here eight years ago. Yep, that's cool. And the man, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Tiffany, Southern girl like you. grew up in Georgia, lived in Florida most of my life, uh, adult life I say, and been a for eight years. It's awesome. <laughs> nice to meet you <laughs> it's gonna be great. Yeah. you ma'am uh, i'm ashley Dagle. i've been in the area for the last 10 years ashley Dagle. like lauren Dagle mm-hmm. you know who lauren Dagle is i do know I don't Is it spelled know. the same way yes d-a-i-g-l-e very cool it's mm-hmm. awesome well welcome y'all uh my name is josh i live in the middle of nowhere a little town called wells and uh which is Two and a half hours straight west of here, over by Albert Lee. You guys know where Albert Lee is? Yeah. So right by the crossroads of the nation. I'm trying to make it sound important because there's nothing over there. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, my wife and kids and I, we are, uh, we're a missionary family with a group called Time to Revive, and we've been doing this full-time as missionaries to Minnesota. So I have a team of missionaries in Minnesota that we run with. Uh, we were just here. This church hosted us um, a month ago. Um, and we had a week of outreach. So we did two outreaches per day for like six days straight. Sent people out on the streets to share the gospel. You guys, I mean, you guys were there. Um, and uh, just had an awesome time, man. God, We saw God move. I'll just say this. It's so weird, guys, because immediately you probably think, okay, during this COVID season, It's ridiculously hard to share the gospel. How many kind of have those conclusions like, man, everybody's so weird right now. I can't talk to anybody. Does anybody think like that? Maybe it's just me. I I totally thought that way. I'm like, oh crap, what are we going to do? Like everybody's freaking out. But guys, a month ago when we were here, I had more gospel conversations. I was able to articulate the gospel more in one week than I have in the last four years with and especially with a lot of like young like college students because UW lacrosse was closed down like just a few days before our team showed up and they were supposed to be on lockdown and chilling out in somewhere but like they were not locked down they were <laughs> they were out and about son and so we went we went everywhere and we must have encountered a hundred of these college kids that were just and normally i i get no we're good especially in Wisconsin and Minnesota that's like the classic line no no we're good we're good uh, can I pray for you? No, I'm good. But these guys were so open to hearing the gospel. I don't know what your guys is... I mean, people weren't denying us a whole lot. They were pretty open. So people are in a really tender time. I think desperation does that to people and opens up the gospel. But you guys, what I want to talk about today is I just... I have some stories that I want to share with you. And this is going to sound very conceited. And I hope I don't... I hope you guys get my heart... Um, I want to unpack a lot of the spiritual gifts. I'll just say this. Let me just kind of set this up. Like, So the, the topic today is how to evangelize a shifting culture. But it's like this. Right now, especially during the season, the only consistent thing on a daily basis is that nothing is consistent, right? I mean... Schools are shutting down. You don't know what your kids, or your grandkids are doing with school, all that kind of stuff. So it's like, man, how, could, how can I kind of be a voice of Jesus in the marketplace, in the school system, and wherever you're doing stuff, wherever you work, live, and play? Write that down, by the way. If you're taking notes, a good, a good idea is to begin, begin thinking about where do you work, live, and play? I think a lot of times, just backing up even another step, stepping outside of the COVID conversation, all that kind of stuff, and the shift in culture is most people don't share the gospel for a number of reasons. I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I think the number one reason why people don't share the gospel is because they don't have a plan to, I think people are just kind of like we're so in 2020 postmodernism that we're just kind of running running, running, going, 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 doing our thing. And we're not really taking time to like, okay, Holy spirit, what do you want me to do today? Um, and so it's kind of hitting the pause button saying, okay, God, I'm having one ear toward heaven and I'm having one ear in the conversation. What are you going to have me do today? But again, you guys don't know what you're doing on a weekly basis. At least I don't anyway. And, you know, I live in the middle of, of dinky town, Minnesota. And it's, if, it's, if it's weird and inconsistent for me, I'm sure it is uh, for you guys over in the big city of Rochester, right? Little town. Little town. Little <laughs> Any Bruce Hornsby fans in here? Bruce, oh, see, you're my girl right here. <laughs> you guys, that's just the way it is, right? do da do 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 Some things will never change. Do-do-do. Know that song? Um, in the midst of everything shifting and sifting and God doing stuff and the enemy doing stuff and, you know, people just kind of going crazy in this age, there are some things that it's just the way it is, and some things will never change. A couple things that will never change. First off... Scripture is clear. Jesus says, or it says uh, in Hebrews that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So guys, I feel, I, I just want to say this. Pressure is off. Like, the, take, the pre, take some of the pressure off of yourselves. Like, you got to come up with some cool, slick strategy or, oh man, I'm, I'm like Craig and I'm, I'm youth challenged. Um. You're old, bro. I'm just saying. You're old. You're, 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 you're old. Donna, you're not as old. But. But that's, you know, you say that I'm old. I'm going to just retract. Retract. It's just, if you feel old, you're old. You got it. If you don't feel old, you're really not. That's old, right. right. So it's all relative from how you're thinking. That's even spiritually. That's right, baby. All I know is when I'm your age, I hope I look as good as you. Amen. I hope you do. <laughs> good looking. Good looking. Just look at him. Look at. Look, at, look at this. Just look at. But seriously, uh, I'm digging myself out of the pit now. Um, but for real, I think sometimes there's almost this generational gap sometimes of like, man, I'll just... I think the older you get the more you feel like, I guess maybe I don't, I'm not as relevant to a younger generation or younger crowd or maybe I couldn't talk to college kids or, but guess what? Those kids are probably saying the same thing about you. They don't, they, or they don't know how to relate to whatever season you're in. Um, and I just want you guys to take the pressure off. Like Jesus is the same Jesus no matter what situation you're in. Whether you're at Riverside Park or whether you're, uh, uh, you know, in Des Moines or whether you're, doing the business stuff, whatever you're doing, Jesus is the same Jesus. And, uh, man, it it really is all on him. I want to share this. The word evangelism, it means to share good news. I mean, I know you guys know that, and I'm not trying to patronize you at all. But I think, again, just kind of diffusing it a little bit, that's all it means is to share good news. Now, let me ask you this. How many guys, how many have been walking with the Lord for a long time? Just raise your hand. Like, yeah, I, I have a deep relationship with Jesus. Do you still need the gospel? You're dang right, man. I I do. Um, I'm desperate for good news in my life. And that can manifest itself. And this is why I'm going to kind of turn a corner. And I'm going to get into a couple scriptures here, talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because um, the gifts, like I said earlier, setting up this talk, the gifts were not just meant for you to have your Holy Ghost party. I love a good Holy Ghost party. But your, the gifts that, that the Spirit has given you is not just for you. It's literally to change your environment around you. If you look at Acts 2, when you read the Pentecost story, what immediately happens? Fire, well, the wind, it comes like a rushing wind. Fire from heaven comes into that upper room, and bam, 120 people get lit up with the Holy Spirit, right? What is the very next thing that happens? They're, they're hearing the noise out on the street, and then, are they, are they drunk? And then Peter comes out and explains everything. Hey, they're not drunk as you suppose. Bam, here's the story. And so, and then it says later on that 3,000 people were added to the kingdom that day. So guys, there's this correlation with when the Holy Spirit comes and, and when, you, when you're filled, it should automatically go into mission mode. Um. So again, i say it like I said before, your encounter with the Lord is not just for you. Your encounter is for other people. And so uh, that, that's my backdrop, guys. I, I wish I had some really cool, slick strategies of evangelism. Uh, if you guys want to know more about how we share the gospel, we have these little um, little bands and these Bibles, and they're out at my table, and I'm just giving them away. I don't have a ton, but I would love to just outfit you guys with a couple of these Uh, It's a really simple method, and you can talk to me later. I don't want to spend the time right now talking about this, but it's just a really simple approach. In La Crosse here, for a week straight, we went out, we asked one question. Hey, how can we pray for you? So we were going all over town, all over to restaurants, businesses, and we were just saying, how can we pray for you? And um, you'll find out right there what the spiritual temperature is, because if they're not open to prayer, they're probably not open to hear the rest of the gospel. So that's a really good question. Note that, how can I pray for you? not, hey, can I pray for you? (laughs) Because can I pray for you? It's like, it it opens more to, no, I'm okay. The the total Midwest, I'm sure it happens in Iowa too. You know, you guys are like Minnesota, like the twin of us. Uh, So I'm sure it happens like that too. So when you say, how can I pray for you? It's just posed a little bit different and it's just like, okay, well, they actually got to think about it. Well, okay, whatever. So, uh, and then we just go into five colors. And just, again, really quick overview. We talk about sin, which is the yellow color. So after we pray for them, we pray, we pray for their sick grandma. And we pray that the Lord would heal their sick grandma. And then we just say, hey, if, we had a, if you had a minute, I'd love to uh, just give you a gift. We hand them these little wristbands. And uh, we talk about sin, which leads to death. But God's love takes away the sin and the death and that we receive this gift of love by faith, and that's what gives us life. So it's just five colors, five bands. I got a bunch of them out there. Please come and get one, and I, I can explain it further. But for the sake of time, uh, would you guys, if you have a Bible or, or on your phone or whatever, would you just go real quick, and again, setting this up, teeing it up, and I really want to tell you stories on how this practically applies and just how it's worked in my life with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So again, some things... Stay the same. Uh, Something shift. This is one of these unshakable things: um, the Holy Spirit and the gifts. And they, I want to show you how in today's culture it still works to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, and how that opens up the doors to the gospel. So, uh, I want to go to First Corinthians three, um, or sorry, First Corinthians twelve, as our first quick backdrop. Um. And it's fun. What am I doing? Good night. 1 Corinthians 12. Sheesh. My nap was not long enough. (laughs) Look at this, guys. In chapter 12, it starts with this. Now concerning what comes from the spirit or spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be led off to the idols that could not speak. Therefore, I'm informing you that no one speaking by the spirit of God can say Jesus is cursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There's different, different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God activates each gift in each person. Someone say good news. Good news. <laughs> Guys, that's what's so cool. I love how that's worded. And there are different activities, but the same God activates each gift in each person. Um, a demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person to produce what is beneficial. Someone say beneficial. beneficial. So here's the deal. My story goes like this. Well, I'm just going to give you the last 15 years. <laughs> that still sounds like a lot, but it's not. I was a, I was a worship pastor in the Twin Cities uh, in a church called Lighthouse and man, I loved it. It was awesome. Uh, I got to use my gifts there and it was fun. But man, this group, Time to Revive out of Dallas, that came through and they messed up my whole grid because they're like, hey man, you're totally a-, a pastor, which made me cringe, by the way. I'm like, I'm so not a pastor, but I'm, I'm totally a pastor. But um, these guys are like, you know, Apostle Paul told Pastor Timothy to do the work of an evangelist. And I'm like, oh, crap. I'm scared of lost people. Like, I'm a church boy, you know? Like, how many people just raise your hand? I feel called to the church. I am like, come, just be honest, right? Raise your hand. Am I the only person? Okay, y'all, dang it, you're the, you're all evangelists, and I'm not. And I'm doing the class on evangelism. But guys, something pricked in my heart that I'm just like, I can't get away from this anymore. Like, I, I'm... I think part of my deal was I didn't really understand that God, how God gifted me. Yes, these gifts are for the church, but they're also for the lost. They're also for bringing in the harvest. They're also for building up and edifying, not only, not only believers, but unbelievers. And I have, I can't wait to share my stories, but look at this, just real quick, quick overview, I'm not going to get into Romans 12, by the way, I'm just going to kind of, this is like kind of a, a a broad brush overview of spiritual gifts, what I'm about to talk about. But here it is. Paul sets it up in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8. It says, To one is given a message of wisdom, or some people call it word of wisdom, through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. Some translations call it a word of knowledge. Verse 9, To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. Come on, Brian Guerin. He's got that gift, man. That was was fun this morning. Um, To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of languages or tongues. Uh, To another, the interpretation of those languages or tongues. But one and the same spirit is active in all these things, distributing to each person as he wills. And so... Here's just a couple of them. If you want more references, check out Romans uh, Romans 12. is another great resource. Um, I'm going to touch on some other kind of fringy side ones. I just want you to kind of think about them a little bit. But uh, there, are other, there are other passages, but the two main staples for the gifts of the Spirit and just kind of what Paul lays out, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, kind of kicking back to verse 8 talking about word of wisdom and word of knowledge. I have, I have a really fun story that I wanna share with you. Um, I'm just kinda, of, yeah, I'm gonna go through these things. So with word of knowledge, first off, I want you guys to look at it like this. So sometimes on the street, or at your business or wherever, when I say on the street, I'm just saying out there in the harvest, okay? So just kinda of know my language. So out on the streets, <laughs> even though you're probably not on a street. Um, have one ear toward heaven. Like as you're sitting, uh, waiting for a COVID test as you're sitting, I don't, I don't know, just as you're, as you're at McDonald's drive-through, have one ear in the conversation and just see if the Lord would give you a word for somebody. Um, and it literally could be one word. And, uh, I was actually practicing hearing from the Lord and, and we were doing this exercise and my friend Anthony is walking us through this and, I was with this guy Steve, and and uh, we're just sitting there, just like we just said. We just said, "Holy Spirit, just speak to us. What do you, what do you want to call to our attention?" And we're sitting here, and I said, "Steve, I don't know, man. When I'm praying, all I'm hearing is the word Vicky. Do you know a Vicky?" And he goes, Vicki? yes, I work with a Vicky." And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> 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 all right." And I said, uh, "Does she have?" breast cancer (laughs) rolling the dice and uh he says uh yeah she does Mm. i'm like what Mm. i said i feel like the lord is saying that he is so desiring to heal her Mm. but there is like a hiccup there's there's like a wall standing in the way and it's it's her relationship toward her dad and specifically men like there's dysfunction with men and so then like an idiot steve Goes to work the next day. This is a Thursday night. Friday, he goes to work. They're walking out of the building at the same time in this complex. Vicky and Steve are walking out the door at the same time. And he's kind of like, oh my gosh, what's good? He said, hey, Vicki, you know, we were, uh, a friend of mine, we were actually praying for you last night. And he, he, he said, Do you, are you still battling with breast cancer? And she said, yes, I'm just sick of it. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of it. He said, well, would you mind if I prayed for you? And and she said, yeah, sure. And then he said, another thing kind of came out as we were praying. And he said, just kind of like dysfunction with men, like relationships with men. And what, like, how what is it with your dad? And she just broke. And she just stood there in the parking lot and wept because she and her dad have always had like a really tight relationship. But for the last year, it had been strained. They had a major falling out. And... Um, and he just said, "Are you are you willing to forgive your dad for the fallout?" And I'm just like, "Steve, this, you know, old Steve, man, he's just like a he's like a golden retriever dog kind of guy, just like just loyal and just an awesome." But I, I did not, I can't even believe he had this. Like knowing Steve, I can't believe he had this conversation. And uh, she just said yes, and so she prayed. Okay, so three months went by. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened. They walked out at the same time, and she said, "Hey." You should tell your friend Josh that um, after you guys prayed, a week later my dad called me and we we our relationship is restored and I'm, I'm, I'm cancer free. Oh so gosh. I'm just like <laughs> look you can't make that stuff up. Like that had nothing to, so this isn't about oh good job Josh, you can hear from God. Like the whole thing is like she got healed and her relationship got restored. To me, that's good news. To me, that is gospel. He got to show the healing power of Jesus. He, she got to hear the good news of Jesus through Steve's obedience. So that's, that's a really good... Um, I would define word of knowledge and word of wisdom as almost like a hand in glove or almost like two hands. Because it's like a lot of times... How many of you guys have been around... You know services almost like what we've had this morning, or i 'll just say this i've been in services like we had this morning, and uh i've had prophets come up to me and be like, "I know what you did last night. You looked at that, didn't you and like they would call out your junk Have you, has anybody ever been in a situation like that where they call, "Go, you know what i'm talking about? i'm Nate, you're like the only guy <laughs> seriously, they used to do this, a lot of churches still do this where these guys will like go after it. And guys, I want to tell you that that's not the purpose of word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is not. Hey, oh, Lupe. Mm, come here, let's have a smoke. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Nectar of heaven. <laughs> Americana with cream. Um, but they would call out your junk. Guys, without the word of wisdom, it's, it's almost like it's, it's, it's like someone taking a scalpel and slicing you open and like just leaving you there. But the word of wisdom is meant to actually come in and provide the solution. So I would just say if the Lord gives you a word of knowledge, like something that you would never know. All right. So Nate comes into McDonald's. He's got his crazy children running around, but he's at <laughs> not at McDonald's. No, it always happens. Okay, (laughs) okay. But you go up and you're like, hey, man, this is kind of weird, but I just feel like the Lord is saying, Bobby, do do you have a Bobby in your life? And look, you're probably going to fall flat on your face with this stuff, but it's okay, guys. People are like way more gracious than you think. Like, and I would just encourage you step out in obedience. I guarantee you're going to get, get, get it wrong. Does that make you a false prophet? No, it does not. It just means that you're trying to learn how to hear from God. And what's cool is, is even with the fumbles like that, be like, okay, yeah, I was, I was wrong. Is there any way I could pray for you? And then like, the, it's like, it's not just done there. Like the Lord can still use it. So I want you guys to step out and try um, just dialing into uh, word of knowledge and especially word of wisdom. Um, I've seen this, I'm not trying to... Um, kind of blanket this statement, there are so many women who move in word of wisdom and you have no idea. Like there's, there, there are strategic things, almost like Esther moments where there's chaos swirling with a coworker or whatever. And then you come in and bring the wisdom thing. Use that to the advantage and the advancement of the gospel. So like with this situation, with this gal, it was the word of knowledge was she has cancer uh, the word of wisdom was that God wants to heal it by the relational thing. So try to think in terms of if the Lord shows you a problem, ask the Lord for the solution. That's what word of knowledge and word of wisdom is. And I'm sorry to make it really boiled down like that. There's extensive teaching on this stuff. Uh, you, you hold each one of these gifts up to the light and it's like a prism, you know, and it shoots dire- light directions all, all over the place. So I'm not trying to oversimplify it. I just think it's, it's a cool... Uh, a cool idea. So that's word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and how that advances the gospel. Um, I'm going to talk about healing here real quick. It's, it's in this uh, 1 Corinthians 12 passage. Uh, I have a fun story. Oh, it's not. It's horrible, actually. My, my, my cousin Christopher was in a horrible motorcycle accident um, four years ago. Almost, the kid almost died, man. And so he was at Mayo in Rochester. So mayo okay the crazy thing is is well anyway uh, ah why do i only have a little amount of time so we i go we're me and my buddy were going there to pray for him and we're coming out of the mayo parking lot and there's this i was wearing white i normally wear chuck taylor all-stars i love chucks and my buddy nate or uh, nick was wearing uh chucks and we walked by this guy wearing chucks and uh He says, hey, man, nice shoes. And then automatically my little antenna goes up. And I'm like, ear toward heaven, one ear in the conversation. And I'm like, ooh, kind of leaning in. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? What's your name? Christian. Really? Come to find out this guy had left his treatment program that day. Like he had walked away from his treatment program. I don't, I think, I don't know if he was, he wasn't with Teen Challenge. He was with another group. So we walked out of his, his three month treatment uh, program that he was in and we got to just pour into him. And I'm just like, man, what's your drug of choice? And he talked about pills and booze and all this stuff. And, and he rededicated his life to Jesus on the street corner right there because he'd been wandering. And he's like, man, I think I left the program to meet you guys here today. And I'm like, okay, well, that's some interesting theology. But the crazy thing is, so dude, what are you doing here, Christian? Well, I'm waiting for my friend to come out and I'm like, okay. And so like a couple minutes go by and this this short little just cute lady with purple dreadlocks, purple, and it looks like your face had fallen into a tackle box. I mean, just piercings every, I mean, I didn't even know you could pierce certain parts of your face. She did it. And so, um, but man, she just, just had the, like this beauty about her. And, and I said, Hey, my name's Josh. And I reached out my hand, I shook her hand and, and immediately the compassion of Jesus, like it fell on me. And I started weeping there like an idiot, you know, 300 pound moron weeping in front of this dreadlock girl. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I feel, I feel the heart of the Lord for you right now. And I just said, do you struggle with, um, chronic anxiety and do you hear voices? And she pointed to the building she came out of. She was kind of in a lockdown thing for the last three days at the psych ward at Mayo and she had just left the program. So she's walking out of there and, uh, and she says, "Yeah, I, I'm schizophrenic and I have chronic anxiety and I just said, "How would you like the only voice you hear just to be the voice of the Holy Spirit?" She's just like, "That sounds awesome." And so, man, I'm just standing there weeping just and just administering the heart of the Father to her as I'm holding her hand, and man, it was just like this such a, a holy time, man you could feel the Lord all around and and she opened her eyes. And she like stepped back, and she's just like, "Oh my gosh, what happened?" She says, "I've never seen like the sky that blue, I've never seen grass that green." And it was just like the Lord turned on the lights for this girl. And the cool thing was, uh, that is that that God used again the illustration of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom that brought forth a healing. Well, it, I guess it happened in the other in Vicky too. So I I have seen that that goes a lot hand in hand. So this girl's mental health was changed right there. um, And the Lord healed her. And so again, you guys, healing can be a tool to open the door to the gospel. I'll just say this, and this is totally my opinion. And if you don't like it, you could just be like, Josh, you're an idiot. I feel like, you know how like sometimes... I had a pastor friend of mine. He said, dude, we raised 2.2 tons um, of, of food in our, in our garden, our community garden for, for people who are struggling with poverty. I said, man, that's awesome. That's so cool. So what did you do about it? Like, did you, well, we just gave the food, you know, no questions asked or anything. I said, so you literally earned the right to be heard and you didn't open your mouth and share whose name you did it in. Guys, there's, and to me, that's the, the, the defining line between humanitarianism and gospel preaching. Many, many people in here have the gift of hospitality, have the gift of generosity. Don't just, and just, I guess, uh, what? how do I want to say this? Discern if the Lord really wants you to open up and share the gospel. I would, I would say err on that. I'm like, cool, raise 2.2 tons, give them, and just say, hey, we just want to let you know Jesus loves you and we want to give you this food. And attaching Jesus to the kind act instead of attaching Jesus to my church name or attaching Jesus to my my personality, it's like people don't care about my personality. What they need is Jesus. And so you can do it in a way that is not abrasive, but it's gentle and kind and loving and pulling people into knowing that Jesus is real. Um. So, yeah, man, prophecy. Oh my gosh, I wanna talk about prophecy for a sec. My buddy Colin came up to LaPorte, Minnesota. We were having, man, you talk about tiny town, Tiffany. My old town was 71 people, LaPorte, Minnesota, middle of Jack Nowhere. I'm telling you, yeah, exactly. Nobody knows. So, middle of nowhere, LaPorte, and, and we're doing a community outreach. So, we're t- sending teams out. It, we man, we don't care if it's ten people. We don't care if it's thousand people. We don't care if it's hundred thousand people, man. We just we love we love doing that. Um, and I remember my buddy Colin from the Twin Cities. He comes up, and this guy is an evangelist of evangelists. Like this guy is just mm, he's straight up fire. Like, he is he's totally fire. And he came up to to Laporte, and he, he wa- I, w- I was I was leading worship, and he walks up to me, and he, he just literally got there, and he said, "Hey, dude, who's Eddie Nelson?" And I'm like, Eddie, like Ed Nelson, are you kidding me? And I begin freaking out because Ed Nelson in, in the early 2000s was my mentor. And he's walked away from the Lord. This guy mentored me in purity with, you know, like, you know kind of walking through getting freedom from, porn, from pornography and these different things. And. He hasn't been walking with Jesus, and he, uh, in fact, a year previous to this moment, his wife had left him because of some some issues, and he was unfaithful, and so just a disaster. So Eddie Nelson, I'm like, shut up, man. How do you who get? I don't know, man. The Lord told me Eddie Nelson. So we pinpoint Eddie Nelson, and like he was meeting with one of my other mentors just randomly. This guy was in town, and so. He's meeting there, my buddy Colin goes and meets him, and God used that prophetic word of, of him dropping that name into his spirit, and he came with like a full fire word for him. He's like, man, a total message of repentance, and, and it's like, sitting in that coffee shop, my buddy Rick and my buddy Colin are ministering to Eddie Nelson, and Eddie came back to Christ. Based on a prophetic utterance, Eddie Nelson. So don't be afraid to like ask the Lord, Lord, what are you speaking? Is as you're going uh you know back home for Christmas. Lord, is there a name of somebody that you want me to dial into? Is there somebody's kid that's that's struggling? Like, ask the Lord for a prophetic name. And again, guys, I'm kind of weaving in word of knowledge with this and stuff, because if you haven't noticed, they're the gifts of the spirit. So it's like it's kind of like a domino effect. When you're when you're flowing in one, you're you're kind of bouncing on a whole bunch of different things. But prophetic, all I would just say this guys is prophecy is. Hearing what the Lord is saying and articulating what the Lord is saying. So he had a word of knowledge, Eddie Nelson, and the prophetic word was, dude, you need to repent and you need to turn your life back to Jesus. And so anyway, and he just went for it, man. He went for the jugular. And so uh, anyway, Eddie came back to Christ. So again... Prophecy, yes, it's predominantly for the believer, but guess what? Eddie, was a, he was a former believer, but this, this homeboy was wandering. like He was not doing well. And so again, even believers need the gospel and that's exactly what Colin brought. By the way, I'll just say this one for free. Colin, uh, back in the late 90s, that guy was strung out on crack, cocaine, living in this slum house, And somebody from the Gideon's Association, Gideon's Bibles, a Gideon dude walked by this crack house and literally left it on the doorstep and knock, 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 and ran out of there. Colin came out high as a kite, cracked out. He sits down on his doorstep for the next three days and all he did was open that Bible and he read cover to cover in three days. Crack must do crazy things to you, man. But like he read it and nobody, nobody prayed for him. Nobody did anything. He came to Christ on his own by reading the scriptures. So guys, even, I love that like, even leaving the Bible or leaving a gospel track or anything like whatever you're a wristband, whatever you want to do, don't be afraid and don't hesitate to leave that kind of stuff because 1 Corinthians 3 says that I, Paul... I sowed the seed and then Apollos came and he watered the seed, but the Lord is the one that caused the growth. So guys, it's not up to you. It's not your pressure. The only thing that the Lord is saying is sons and daughters, I want you to be obedient. Um, I want to talk about mercy real quick. Uh, This is a crazy gift. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, this is actually written in Romans 12. Uh, But if it's not, I'm sorry, I don't know the reference, but I'm just going to call that mercy is a, a gift of the spirit. Mercy. Uh, A lot of moms have this gift. Uh, Unknowingly, Jesus, thank you for mercy with merciful mamas. Good Lord, help me. Um, We were in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, and I I had a team of boys and a little grandma named Norma. (laughs) It was the most random team ever. And uh, we go to a Dollar Tree because we were being spiritual and the kids wanted snacks. And so we go in there and kids put their Sour Patch Kids and crap, I mean, God, it's such crap there. Anyway, so they put it up on the conveyor belt, and, and then all of a sudden I hear this woman c- coming from, uh, from another room. She says, okay, honey, I'll be right out. So she comes out, and she had a name tag. It said Quadria, which is the most cool name I've ever heard in my life. Quadria. And I just said, hey, ma'am, you know, we're actually out praying for people. Just wonder how we can pray for you. And she just said, well, I'm not really worthy to receive your prayers today. And she got out her phone and she pulled up a picture and she showed a picture of her daughter that her eye was swollen shut because the previous night, 16 year old girl and mama got in a fist fight and they were like clocking each other. And so look, I am not about child abuse, good night. Please, please don't hear me say that. But at this moment, what this woman needed was the mercy of Jesus. And she needed to understand that God is good. She needed to understand the grace. When I started articulating the gospel to her, I didn't even start with sin and death because she already knew how her sin had led to death and dysfunction in her life. She knew it. What she needed to understand is that God's love takes away that, that guilt and that shame and the sin and the death in that it's by grace you're saved, not by your good works. Not And there's not anything bad that you've done that can keep you from receiving the grace of Jesus. And so, it was this crazy thing where she's like standing there and she's just weeping. And so I had these little boys, these prepubescent boys come and lay hands on her while, while we're standing at the counter. And, you know, like people are lined up and we're, oh, God, this is inconvenient at a convenience store. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the boys just prayed, just prayed heaven on her, man. Yeah. And just and I remember Keegan, this one boy, he said, Quadri, I just want you to know you're forgiven. This kid was like 11. He's like, I want you to know you're forgiven. Jesus loves you, and she just wept, and then the next girl at the next register, and I'm flowing right into encouragement. This is a gift of the Holy Spirit. I think encouragement is actually probably if I was to lock into one and say that that's probably my strongest one, it would be this when I'm on the streets i'm I love encouraging people. What does encouragement mean? It means it means to literally breathe into and give and uh, give courage to somebody um and uh so what's what's nuts is this girl named Rochelle, the next clerk over. So I got Quadria in here with the boys and then Rochelle is in the next register and Norma's kind of over here talking, you know, Grandma Norma. And and she said, oh, Quadria, don't you get me started. And I said, Rochelle, what's going on with you? And so she starts weeping. So I got both clerks in the stinking store bawling at the registers. And uh, I said, what's going on? She said, tomorrow is the one year anniversary of my sister's murder. And... I have three kids of my own, and I took on her four children. So, single mom, seven kids, two bedroom apartment, Brooklyn Park. I mean, it was just a disaster. And what this girl needed, Rochelle needed courage. Like, she needed someone to say, you know, I'm gonna lift your arms with you. You need somebody in your life that is gonna build you up and not tear you down. And what's so fun is um, Grandma Norma right there. Norma, and you know, Norma, she was a funky little lady. She's like, so where do you live? And Rochelle said, well, I just live like a block right down there in those apartments. She says, I live right across the street from you. And my, ki- my grandkids don't come and see me. Do you think I could maybe come and see those kids? So, <clears throat> so she just started a, she started a discipleship relationship with Rochelle. So because she's just this lonely grandma who would love seven kids running around her house. <laughs> So, what was so cool is the Lord met an instant need of encouragement, of lining them up. And I don't know, man. And the, I don't know if they're still meeting. I know that they were meeting for a while, uh, the last time we checked in. But, um, you know, I, I, I hope they're still going. But, you know, it's just kind of a cool little thing um, how mercy teed up for another encouragement. Uh, I'm going to talk about tongues real quick. And some of you guys are like, you know, there, there's so many, there's so many ideas out there about tongues and, you know, is this for the believers? <clears throat> it's actually a sign for the unbeliever, biblically speaking. Um, and I'm not going to get into the whole theology of that, but I will just share this story. If you guys, um, I, I'll just say this. If you've been around time to revive, I'm sorry, but just say this. Say love, love. Listen, listen, discern, listen. Respond. If you want a model for how to do this, this is the best one that I have, I've been around. Um, I know there's other, other models out there, but as far as like a basic structure for sharing the gospel, actually forget sharing the gospel. How about being married for crying out loud, Nate? Jeez. Love, Jared, love, listen, discern, and respond. So that's, that's, that's what we do with Time to Revive. We love people, we listen to them, and we discern, and then we respond uh, based on that. So I would just say this, with tongues, with any of these gifts, discern what the Holy Spirit is doing. And I would say, if the crazier it sounds, but you're feeling like your heart beating and, and a tug of like, okay, I, really, I feel like I'm supposed to do this, just do it. I would err on the side of obedience instead of shrinking back. And this one time I was a speaker at a camp. And and again, this was, these were all believer kids. Well, a lot of them were. And this one girl, Julia, uh, I I preached and then I came down, I was doing some altar ministry and uh, was just praying for her. And I just put my hand on her and I just felt like, I just need to speak and sing in tongues over this girl. And so I started sing, I started speaking and then I started singing and uh, she just started like, Her eyes, she just like, I remember she did this. She like stood up straight and her eyes got huge. Because what happened is in that tongue, God spoke to her. And this girl, man, if you knew Julia's situation, my wife discipled her and met with her every week and poured into her. And it's just like she did not get it. I mean, she was still drinking, she was still drugging, she was hanging with these guys. This girl was a hot mess. And the Lord spoke to her audibly through a tongue. So like, she's just like, I don't know what just happened, but I heard God speak to me. Like, and it was through what you were saying. So guys, discern if you kind of got a burning in the spirit. It could be for a believer. It could be for an unbeliever. Don't limit yourself just to church. Like maybe the Lord would, this hasn't happened to me. I haven't done, well, Julia was lost, but I was in, you know, I was in a church setting. So it just felt a little more comfortable. But man, God is calling us. I've heard some crazy stories of you know, Chinese people and Indian people and and Pakistani people, of of people speaking in tongues, and they're like, How did you know my language? And it's talking about it's just like the book of Acts, where God uses that language to speak exactly to speak the gospel and articulate God's glory to those people. So just be open to those kind of things. Uh, if tongues, isn't your thing, that's, that's totally okay. I just want to say this too. It bothers me how much division there is in the church over the gift of tongues because we have no problem with generosity. We have no problem with teaching. We have no problem with these other things, but tongues seems to be like a big, uh, hang up. And, uh, I don't think it ought, be, it, it ought not be that way. I, I really feel like it is a gift. So not just for yourself, it's for others too. Um, good night, guys. Okay, I only got a few more minutes. I want to talk quick about exhortation. <laughs> to exhort means to spur on or to, to sharply uh, encourage. <laughs> it's kind of encouragement with a little caffeine, <laughs> a kick in the butt. And I remember uh, this was years ago, man. I don't even remember. I mean, it had to have been eight, nine years ago now. <clears throat> but when I was pastoring at a church, I went to the VA with one of my, one of my worship team members and was sitting there with his wife and, and, and the gentleman had gone back to, to get his surgery and I was sitting there with Jessica and we were talking about the Lord. And, and uh, all of a sudden there's this dude sitting across from me and he's just like, hey, I think I can hear from God. And he just kind of jumped into our conversation. He just comes, sits, sits by us. I think I can hear from God. I said, oh really, man, what's your, what's your deal? And so he started sharing this crazy story of, he, uh, he was all drugged out one time and he ended up sleeping by a dumpster in the back uh, the backyard of a church and just like this crazy thing. And he's like, and I felt like God really spoke to me and, and I'm like, wow. And the thing that he said was, uh, like how disappointed he was in me and uh it was just kind of weird because i kind of let him sit in that and i noticed on on his his shoulders he uh, he had two tattoos he had one the face of jesus and he had one the face of the devil and i just said bro jesus is after you and i'm like how long are you going to waver between two opinions and it was like, and I'm, man, I'm like Mr. Gentle. Like, you know, I'm, I'm like Barney the dinosaur. Like, but like, dude, my, my, my raptor came out. <coughs> the six foot turkey came out. And I just said, bro, how long are you going to waver between two opinions? If, if, he, if he's God, then let him be God. And if Satan's God, then you need to pursue him. But God is not, he's not a fan of this wavering. And you need to repent and you need to give your life to Jesus. And I'm like, holy crap, what did I just say? <laughs> and he sat there and he wept and wept and wept. And it was funny because there was this other older dude and he was reading something, but he was listening. You know, you know, those people kind of eavesdrop your conversations. His eyes were kind of going up every now and then, and he was sitting there reading his Bible. And so he was this old dude was praying for this guy the whole time we were having this encounter. And... Um, It was just so wild. And so anyway, Jeremiah gave his life to the Lord, rededicated his life in in the doctor's (laughs) room. Anyway, so guys, look, I know we live in the era of political correctness, but man, God is calling for it, man. Proverbs says that the righteous are as bold as lions. And sometimes, you guys, we need to be bold and step out and actually say the hard thing and give a word of exhortation, especially for wayward believers, Um. There's a time for gentleness and there's also a time for harshness and Jesus modeled that really well. He did both. So just again be open to that. Um oh my gosh. Guys. Ah. Okay, okay. Ah. There's so many gifts of the Holy Spirit. Like the Holy Spirit is so good, man. He just loves to pour it out. Um I would say this it's actually a prerequisite for elders to be an elder, it says you must practice hospitality. I believe hospitality is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, How many people feel like you flow in that way? You just, you love cooking for people. You like, you know, it it, honestly, like my wife is totally like this. She's like, if I can like bring a dish for somebody who's struggling and then I can kind of sit down. Like she doesn't like going up and shotgunning random strangers. She likes quality conversation. Come on, anybody with, somebody like that? Yeah, Donna. (laughs) See, you bake something and then you give the thing uh, or how many people just love giving lavishly, like generosity? Like you, you okay, guys, use that to your advantage. My, that's one of my wife's biggest strengths. I'm kind of the, the tight wad of, of the couple. At, well, not really, because when it comes to me, I don't mind spending money. But when it comes to everybody else, she's she's the tight wad. But then she just loves giving our money away. And... <clears throat> but guys, use that to your advantage. I remember we were in Dodge Center, Minnesota, and uh, man, Meg goes into this bar. We go to everywhere, man. Like, we've been in strip clubs. I haven't personally, uh, but... Uh, you can't take it back. I'm this close. I'm this... I'm this cl- I'm th- anyway, horrible. Yeah. Oh. I mean, with my wife, you know, with a... Yeah. No, but uh, so she goes into a bar, and, and it was so cool because this woman, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to share the gospel, and they're getting really nowhere because people keep coming into the restaurant, and... You know, so she, and she's bartending and she's serving. and So anyway, they literally got nowhere. So my wife is trying to share. She hates sharing. She hates, she hates doing this. She hates the Bible and the band. She hates doing this stuff. So she, they ordered some, some, uh, some, some food and some non-alcoholic libations. And they, they left, but my wife left a $100 tip. And just that little thing the woman came running out of the pub. Like she came running and she, she grabbed my wife and just said, you have no idea. I'm going through a divorce right now and my kids are a mess. So the generosity opened the door again for my wife to pray and prophesy over her and share the gospel. I never really, fi- uh, yeah, never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so just take note of that guys, use generosity to your advantage. Uh, Milwaukee Burger just a month ago, man, our whole team, the first night we got in, it was on a Saturday night. And uh, we ministered to Allison and it was super cool because we all went around and we encouraged her. This girl, man, she's struggling with the COVID deal. She's, uh, she is a believer, but she just like needed some encouragement. And so every one of our team prophesied over her and spoke, spoke into her life and just spoke destiny and, and spoke of her calling. And then I think when we left, I think she got, she had like a $120 tip or something. So like, and, and then we came in the next night or a couple nights, she says, oh my gosh, this is the best table. She told the other server, she's like, you got to have this table. They're like the best. So, um, use generosity to your advantage. Use hospitality. If you like cooking or baking or those things, but, but, but don't just Again, keep one ear toward heaven and one ear in the conversation. Ask the Lord to speak to you when you're giving that casserole, when you're giving the 2.2 tons of food. Like, use the generosity and the thing, because it's, it's paving the way for the gospel to go forth. And don't be afraid to do it. As you're discerning what the Lord is doing, just go for it. Um, okay, I got time for two more um, other things, obviously gifts of the spirit are witnessing. If you hadn't noticed, uh, teaching, revelation, administration, faith, leadership, helps. Uh, those are all the things I suck at. So I'm not going to talk about those. Um, so don't think I have every one of the gifts of the spirit. Remember it says to one has been given this according to the spirit. So just whatever. And I'm just giving my own personal things. You guys could probably speak into a lot more, but I want to share just, uh, I wanna share, oh my gosh. Okay. I'm gonna share two more. Discernment of spirits is a gift. How many guys, like when you walk into a room, you can just kind of sense stuff? Yeah, exactly. Of course, Tiffany. She's just like, mm, something ain't right here. And, you know, use that to your advantage. What happened, um, I took, I was teaching a worship school at Bethany Global University in the Twin Cities. And I took, I had, um, I had 13 kids, students that I brought out on the streets. And we went to Nicollet Mall in Minneapolis and we were breakdancing or I wasn't breakdancing because I'm whatever, but uh, we were like playing and, and just rapping and having a good time. And, and it was just so, so fun. Well, so we're witnessing and we're doing all this stuff. We're prophesying over people and we get back on the light rail to go back to the Mall of America And we had our guitars and our tambourines and stuff and I just started singing there is power In the name of Jesus right to break every chain and then all of a sudden this little Latino lady about this tall She starts foaming at the mouth and manifesting a demon on the train And I'm like I felt like a five-year-old kid with my dad's shotgun I'm like, holy crap, what did I do? (laughs) And so we had one girl that was like an EMT, a part of our team. So she's like administering, you know, trying to keep her head up and stuff. And then I had another girl on our team coming over and trying to cast the thing out. So I got like nurse. I'm like, oh, let's just keep singing, guys. (laughs) So we start, we keep singing and then um, she had, she had a cute little one-year-old baby and I picked up the baby and was holding just cause he was, he was yelling and screaming and I was just holding him and I was singing and, and then all of a sudden like the woman snaps out of it, stands up, grabs the baby and like the train stops and she runs off the train. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what was that all about? Like I grew up in charismania, but I, I'd never seen it in the public square. Number one, it was like, first off, you guys gotta understand, this stuff we, that we do in the church, when you actually bring it to the public forum, there's way more power because you actually shake stuff up in the atmosphere where people are already coming in with an atmosphere of hunger and loving on Jesus. When you bring it out there, you're picking a fight. And so I wish that I was more dialed into discerning of spirits. Of if I would have known what was going on, and, but I, just, I was taken aback and actually fear gripped me. And I'm like, Oh crap, because then I got all these kids going back to the college and I got to explain and, and it, it just, it kind of weirded me out. So I would just say discernment of spirits. Use your discernment and casting out demons, that kind of stuff. That's a gift of the spirit. Please tap into it. I wish we had more of it. I, don't, I need to grow in that. Um, but then this is a really cool redemptive part of this story. So I want to talk real quick about miracles. The working of miracles is a gift of the spirit. Like our brother, Brian, he was totally kind of flown in that today. Um, I would say that this was one of the most miraculous things I've ever been a part of. Three weeks later, after that encounter with Bethany Global Kids, we did a Revive Twin Cities thing where we sent people out on, on the streets of St. Paul. So we, we were in Nicollet Mall, Minneapolis, and this was three weeks later, two or three weeks later, and it, uh, it was in St. Paul. And we go out, and my buddy Peterson he said, hey, I think we're we're supposed to go to this street. And I said, oh, cool, because I have this street. And I'm like, do they intersect? So we looked on Google and we went to the inner, these two streets came together in St. Paul and we went to the intersection of that thing. And um, I'm not gonna get in, there were so many stupid, crazy, cool things that happened, but I'm not gonna get into that for time's sake. There's a lady standing at the the bus stop on the the corner after we had had probably a dozen encounters on this street And we were heading back to our car all happy as a clam because we went out and shared the gospel. And I walked by this lady and it says, hey, how you doing? And she said, fine. And I turned the corner and it's like the Holy Spirit is just like, no, 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 no. You you go ask her how she's doing. And so I went back to her and I'm like, ma'am, and I'm like choking up. I'm like, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I didn't care really how you were doing but the Lord cares about how you're doing. Let me ask the question again, how are you doing really? And she just starts laughing. She says, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. She said, were you with a group of students a couple weeks ago, like out at Nicollet Mall? I said, yeah. Yeah, you were were singing and stuff, yeah. And she says, I sat and watched you guys for about 45 minutes. So this is Minneapolis and now we're at this cross section in St. Paul. It was totally bizarre. And she said, I just love how gentle you were with those kids. And, she's, and then she starts being like, if you really want to reach kids, you need to go to the library. And so she starts giving me all these places in <laughs> Minneapolis that we need to go and do this kind of thing. And I said, ma'am, well, how can I pray for you today? And she said, well, truth be told, my, my daughter, um, this woman's Valerie, by the way, but her daughter uh, is struggling with uh, cocaine addiction. And so I just got to pray for her and just ask the Lord that he would break those things. But anyway, I would just say, there's, there's a lot of other way cooler miracles uh, that people flow in, but that's like my, my one, whoa, that was weird. Like encountering this woman for a second time or didn't even encounter her the first time and then there she is in this totally different part of you know a humongous town. And uh, I would just say, man, the Lord uses those things. Like for that woman, it opened her eyes of like, whoa, this is weird. And so again, the Lord might use you for that. Um, and geez, guys, I just say this, I want to close with this second Timothy one, six Paul tells Timothy, he says, stir up the gift, stir up the gift that was given to you by the laying on of hands. Again, guys, you don't need, and it's, I sound so like arrogant here saying that I have all these gifts, but I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm trying to articulate like, dude, I'm just, I'm just a, I'm just trying to figure it out too. I'm just trying to obey, obey the Holy Spirit. I'm just I'm just trying. I mean, I, and I would just say, man, release yourself to try and stir up that gift that the Holy Spirit has given you. Like really, and begin to walk in it. Um, I think that's what happened the week of, re, of our revival week here a couple of weeks ago. It was just like, man, the Lord just stirred it up. So uh, I wanna pray for you guys. And then I do gotta get moving, um, get ready for the next session tonight. But uh, would you just stand up? Father, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit. We just reverence your presence right now, Lord, and God, I thank you for testimonies because the whole point of a testimony is to stir up faith and so Father, uh, even just looking back at these God, i 'm stirred up god i have I want to keep moving forward in this i don't want to shrink back lord I want um, I want people to be be reached with the good news and Father, I pray that whatever gift or gifts that you've given each person here in this room, God, that they would use it for your glory and your honor and your praise, Lord. I pray that when you speak to them, that they would open their mouth. I pray that when they have an impression put on their heart, a weight on their heart, that they would release it. God, that if there would be wisdom that would come forth or a word of knowledge that would literally like, oh my gosh, how did you know that about me? Lord, that it would change the course of somebody's future. I pray that you would raise up the hilarious givers, like ridiculous, hilarious, generous, hospitable people, that they would lavish the love of the Father through tangible things, through money and through casseroles and through pies and through, uh, oh, Jesus, help me, and through all that stuff. God, just, but just raise them up. God, raise up the workers of miracles. Raise up the healers, Lord. God, use these men and women in this room to do mighty exploits for you. And God, just right now, by faith, I just release this and I impart it to these people. And God, we want to run the race with perseverance. God, we don't want to quit. God, we shake off the shackles that hold us back. And God, we move forward in the upward calling uh, in Jesus. And so God, just bless them. Go before them. And may they learn how to have one ear in heaven and one ear in the conversation. And God, just really put that upon them. God, I pray that they would hear like they'd never heard, that they would see things in the Spirit and discernment that they would never have before. And God, that they would feel love and the compassion of Jesus that would just ooze out of their heart. I pray that they'd make them weep. I pray, as, as weird as they would look standing there, Lord, I pray that they would have such a great compassion for people and that it would pave the way for the gospel to go forth. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, you guys. Thank you so much. Hey, uh, I'm going to give away two download cards. I did an album based on the 22 chapters of Revelation. I wrote a, word, a song per chapter plus one. So I have 23 songs and uh, I have these two download cards. Does anybody want one? And what you do, Iowa, Iowa, Mississippi, right here. So anyway, um, you just go on that, put it on your computer, and then you put it on your phone and all that stuff. So, do enter that quote on your computer, and you Thank got you. it. So, anyway, thanks, you guys. Thank you.